I knew I could do this if I just keep moving. And you yeah. just got to exactly. deal with the pain and the uncomfortableness and you just got to you just got to deal with it. Other people can do it, you can too. Running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy. And it is, but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us. We decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100, the podcast made to help you finish your first 100-mile race. My name is Jacob Bateman, and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. And today is our special guest. We have Hans Goldenberg. Now, Hans just completed his first 50-mile race, and he has some unique and really valuable perspectives to share. Hans has been running for quite a few years. In fact, he's run 13 or 14 marathons, somewhere in that ballpark. Well, he's had a lot of experience running the marathon distance, both on road and on trail, but he decided to go for something a little bit more to challenge himself in a different way, and he just ran his first 50-mile race. Now, Hans has some very unique and awesome perspectives about what he had to change between marathon training and ultra training, which I have found very valuable for those who are just looking to get into the ultra game. So you guys are not going to want to miss this one. Enjoy this. Hans Goldenberg. Hans, we are so excited to talk with you. We've had a few chats over social media and been following each other. We are excited to hear how you accomplished the 50 mile distance. Thanks, Jacob. Melody, I, I appreciate being on and let's let's get going. Let's get let's going indeed. Let's hear this. <laughs> so Hans, you from what I know about you, you've had a lot of marathon experience. I think you've said like 13, somewhere in that ballpark. I thought you said 18. <laughs> not not was quite. It? It was, it was, I ran 14 marathons. I started running in 2015. <laughs> I did run some like shorter distances before that. But yeah, I really started in 2015 up until now, really trying to qualify for Boston and hadn't, hadn't quite got there. I got about eight minutes to the qualifying time and I think I could still do it, but I kind of felt that the marathon distance was becoming a little bland and stale. So I was looking for something new. Yeah. And so what made you decide to, to go into like that 50 mile distance in particular? So I, I ran a 50K. I signed up on a whim last summer within a month or two. And I just thought, well, it's not too much further than a marathon and I could do it. And that'd be a good taste to, to see what that distance would be like, what the, like the ultra distance would be like. And after completing that, I felt really good and, and confident in that I was like, what's the next distance? And the next distance obviously is 50 miles. There's 100 Ks in the 60 mile range. There's 24 hour races. There's 100 plus 100 mile races. And so I thought the next progression up should be a 50 mile race to see how I can fare, double the distance that I'm so accustomed to and seeing how that challenges me. So does that mean 100 miles is next? <laughs> <laughs> I never, never, never say never, never say never in anything. If you ask me 
I don't know, four years ago, if you'd run a 50 mile race or a hundred miles, I'd tell you you're crazy. I mean, when I moved here, even before (laughs) when I started getting into running, running a marathon to me was not even a thought. I couldn't imagine myself even doing that. So yeah, maybe in the horizon. Okay. Okay. Keep us updated. I I bet you will. So backing up just a little bit, you said that you did some shorter distances and then kind of got into marathons. Was it kind of the same drive of like, okay, maybe you did some halves and you just wanted to be challenged even more. So you bumped up to the marathon and then wanted to be challenged more. So you were trying to qualify for Boston. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, that that's definitely a big part, but I think there's a lot of correlations to me playing college football and just being an athlete my entire life. There's a lot of parallels to the running community and ultra running community in general. I think the biggest thing is just community, community in general, being a part of a team, you're competing, you're with everybody out there on the course, similar to if I was playing a football game, but you're still your own player, your own person, you have your own assignments. And I think because you're a part of something, all these people that are doing the same thing as you are, and you're also able to compete with yourself on top of that and challenge yourself. But yes, like the the natural progression, like I, I, I couldn't just go to the gym anymore. I was getting bored with that and I was always looking for something new. So I started testing myself. And once I was done with one thing, I was off to the other. So after doing a number of marathons, I felt like I was kind of running that to a close because I wasn't getting to my goal of getting to the Boston qualifying time. So I thought, what's next? Okay. I feel like that's the golden question is what's next? Yeah. Just get to a point where you're like, okay, time for the next thing. When you signed up for that 50 mile distance, what were the main concerns or what intimidated you the most about it as you started training? Well, I think the the biggest intimidation factor is that I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to prepare for this. I did a 50K, but you know, it's not much further than a marathon. So I felt like if I could run a marathon, I could complete a 50K. But a 50 miler is really like the the next level of those those type of events that ultra community so i had to do my own research and figure out well i know how i could feel after the end of a marathon and a 50k and i'm literally pushed to exhaustion and how can i sustain that still pushing myself as hard as i can but do double the distance so to me it almost seems impossible when you like try to comprehend that but there is a way, and I just had to figure that out on my own. And doing a bunch of research on my own, looking up training plans on the web, going into social media and joining Facebook groups about ultra running and trail running and getting advice from there. I also have a really good running community that there are a lot of runners that I know that have completed these distances, if not even greater distances, like 100 and 100 plus mile uh, races, and just kind of picking their brain and figuring out how to uh, how to plan. Because once I have a plan of attack, then it's just about completing that. And then I feel like I did everything in my power to be prepared. And then I just go out and, and give it my all. So besides 
community and friends. What other resources did you find that really helped? No, not so much on, on like YouTube, but I, I joined a, a group on Facebook, Trail and Ultra Running. There's people that post okay. there every every so often. And I just knew that's a big forum of people I could just go ahead and, and ask questions. I, I mean, I read the book Born to Run, which also it's helped me book. a lot. And I, I think that that's more of insp- inspiration, I guess, versus telling me how to just, do just it. As yeah, but there was someone that, and you did a lot of coaching and is pretty, and has ran these ultra marathons, especially the, the race I did. And so I, I definitely had a, like probably a half hour, 45 minute conversation with him just after I completed my training plan. And by doing that, when I looked up the training plan, it was just simply going on Google and comparing and contrasting plans, seeing what was consistent and what was different and trying to figure out like what the overall theme is for the training and knowing what my capabilities are just from the marathon distance, apply my own sort of uh, distances of knowing how far I can run and and what my back-to-back long run should be, et cetera, and just letting him take a look at it. And when I shared it with him, he he said there's nothing really wrong with your your plan. It looks good. And just gave me some a couple bits of advice regarding like some of the runs that I should be doing and what's most important. So what what were some of those tips and tricks that you learned while building your program? I so the the biggest the biggest part or I'll I'll, I'll I don't know if it's 2 or 3 or 4 but strength training for one is like a big big part. I think strength training I thought it would help me more with like the climbs and everything. I'm a pretty strong runner in general, just with my background of lifting weights my whole life with football. All the running that you're doing, you're running so much more than you ever have and you're spending so much more time on your feet that the the lifting that you do, the workouts that you do prevent injury. And I think without the lifting, I probably would have hurt myself at some point in that training plan. And then the the big ones would be the back-to-back long runs. So doing your Saturday and Sunday long runs, I'm used to doing long runs on Saturdays and taking Sundays off. You're running 15, 20 plus miles on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you're doing something around around the same amount or a little bit, maybe it's 50% of that. But I learned that you add those two days up and you want them to be somewhere between 30 and 40 miles. I think that was the biggest key yeah. to kind of to, to understand that. And as long as you were within that, you could go above and beyond that if you want. But that was like the biggest, the biggest thing. And then also your pace. Like, yeah, I was so used to running so much faster. It was actually harder, which sounds funny to run slower and and be more disciplined to have a an easy pace and having a lower heart rate than it would be to to go to exertion push yourself to exertion on like a 15 or 18 mile run as we're talking about going from marathon training to 50 mile training and as you talked about your fears with that i think when people hear a 50 mile race or 100 mile race, they imagine pushing themselves like they do for a marathon for entire 50 miles. 
And we, we always tell people when they're like, you ran 100 miles? They're always like, no, we speed hiked 100 <laughs> miles. It's, it's so different. And I feel like once you wrap your mind around, you're actually slowing your pace down, it feels a lot more manageable. But I, I think you're so right. I think a lot of people struggle with slowing down. That's what I've experienced in coaching athletes, especially ones who are used to road running. The very first thing I teach them is, okay, slow down. Your paces are literally going to be like two minutes slower than they usually are. And that's going to be hard. You're going to have to swallow your pride a little bit to stay in your right heart rate zones. You got to let grandma pass you on the trail. And that's just how it goes. But it, it definitely does take practice and discipline to slow down. And, and sure. the pace too, like that's one part of it, but you're body goes through a lot of changes too in that you're so used to whether you're running marathons or anything shorter than an ultra you're huffing and puffing a lot of the time or you're in a, like a tempo pace or like a threshold pace where you can continue this hard pace but your your legs are kind of in tune with how heavy you're breathing or how hard you're breathing versus now you're you're not you're not breathing or exerting that much on that end but your body is taking a beating and it's like a whole different level of, I'd say, pain or uncomfortableness being like your your legs and your your body. It's just it's just a constant uncomfortable. I don't want to say necessarily pain, but it can be at times. It's just your whole body's uncomfortable and you're able to breathe. And it's just about how can you continue on and and cope with that. Totally. I think that's a great way to put it. I was trying to decide if I was going to bring this up or not. But as we've been doing these podcasts ever since I got pregnant, I'm like running ultras and being pregnant. It's so similar. <laughs> it's like it's like I'm not I'm not in pain, but I'm just uncomfortable all the time. And it's like any little tiny thing, a pebble in your shoe or something's rubbing you wrong, every little thing, it just, over time, it just amplifies and it just gets worse and worse. Melody keeps telling me, because I just did my 100 a couple weeks ago, and Melody keeps saying, wow, that was your two days of, like, having pregnancy. Because I was just telling her what I was going through. And she's like, yeah, it sounds like everything I've been going through the She's last like, few my months. feet hurt. I'm nauseous. I can't figure out what I can eat. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Give you all the all the yeah. props in the world, Melody. I, yeah, I can do half of what a woman would be able to do if she were pregnant. I don't know how I can make it through that personally. So I, I definitely wasn't being like, I'm going through hotter stuff than you guys. So I'm, I'm just like, it's it's just really funny how similar. Oh, are. for <laughs> sure. For sure. So this race that you just did, so you just completed this a little more than a month ago, right? Yeah, or just about a month ago. I think it was about a month. I think it was May 13th. And it was on the trails, right? Yep. Yeah, it was all on the trails. Yep. And was there any vert? Yeah, they had a lot of vert, probably around six to 7,000 feet of gain our first one was about the same amount of vert and that was out here in utah yeah in the mountains how did you i guess in the winter time with all the snow and i know you live in milwaukee how did you train for something on the trails when you're living in the city great great question because yes all the trails that we do have are usually used for cross-country skiing although i did try to to sneak in and and get in those trails at times. It didn't really work. <laughs> I would get kicked out, or I just and it, and it, it just wasn't. It, it wasn't that I didn't feel like it was that practical going out in the snow, knowing the 
the race probably won't be on snow. So what I did was yeah. I had to really try to mimic the elevation and just the, the amount of pounding my legs would take, um, even if it meant I had to run further for some of my longer runs. And we do, even though Wisconsin's relatively flat, I do have access to a lot of hills right on the lakefront here that I'm close to. So I would always run those and and I would do a lot of repeats, actually. There was one workout that sticks out that I just, I, I don't know how I got myself to do it, but I just called it a boomerang workout. And I just went from one hill to the next and the next and I started at 10 and I worked my way down to one. And you do each each hill one time and then you just keep counting down and it would be 13 degrees and wind chill of zero and my water's freezing or my nutrition's freezing and I had to still make it through that. There was a couple times where I couldn't even get water anymore and I just had to suck it up and say I'm not I'm not even gonna be drinking. But I just had to replicate oh the, the hill repeats and people don't understand how to do that. I could I could go on the treadmill too and try to mimic it, but I feel like there's just nothing better than getting out there and you're embracing all this adversity with the the cold temperatures and not it's not something people would want to do it at 6 a.m or 5 a.m in the morning on a saturday and you go through that i feel like it just made the race that much easier at least on a mental note it just made it a lot easier so there wasn't much to it i had to do a lot of the same stuff over and over and over again and then within a month of the race the trail opened up and then I did every single one of my long runs on the trails and we have one trail that's about a half hour away that's uh, not on the Ice Age trail that the race is on but there is a six and a half mile loop that has about 900 to 1000 feet of elevation that we call it a black loop so again going back to cross country skiing and you just do these repeatedly two times, three times, four times. And I also had some friends to, to run with it at, at times too, but I did most of it on my own. So you definitely got the mental toughness aspect in there, in your training. Also, Jacob, I feel like people who live in flat areas are way more mentally tough than you are. <laughs> <laughs> Because we we've been we've been talking to a lot of people in flat places and, and we always ask that question because we're super lucky to be able to just drive five minutes to a trailhead and we can go yeah. five thousand no feet up loops, a mountain. No loops necessary. <laughs> yeah. I'm je- I'm jealous of you guys. I wish I had that access to that. <laughs> And I'm like, I should stop complaining that we keep hitting the same trail above our house over and over again because it's we still have it pretty good yeah. <laughs> but when when i hear those stories of just doing the same thing over and over again i'm like that sounds terrible <laughs> but but way to way to just get it in <laughs> i mean there's no there's really yeah. no other way around it you just have to do it and i would i would be keeping track through my garmin and strava like how much elevation i'm getting and trying to continually push trying to get to a point where maybe i'm getting to that max elevation that my race is going to have during one week. That was kind of the goal. So I did that once. I got to about 7,000 feet of, of gain in one week. 
And I think that was close. That could have been a 70 mile week or a 60 mile week, but it was a lot. It was a lot of that. So the elevation is a big part, but I think also I had to make up for the lack of trails by running a lot more. Versus, I think if you have access to trails, you don't have to log as many miles. So I sort of had to just make make up for the lack of that that la- that lack of the trails within the race to to just do a lot more miles than I've ever done. That makes sense. No, yeah, for sure. That's my theory. So (laughs) you talked about how changing things up from marathon mindset into ultra mindset and how you're doing more back-to-back long runs and how you're going slower. And you're talking about how you're putting in more miles than maybe you might not have had to had you had access to trails, just trying to simulate things to get your body to that exhaustion and tired point sounds like you were you were training a lot more than you trained for your marathons like time commitment wise am i right a hundred a hundred percent i mean the amount of hours i think i would train for a marathon per week might have been i i don't know this off the top of my head but it, it was it would probably be somewhere around the realm of like maybe five or six hours i was probably going or it could have been four or five, I don't know, but it would it would be somewhere along the lines of like close to eight, nine, ten hours when it comes to ultra running. So it's basically like double the amount of time I'm being spent yeah. on my feet per week. Yeah. So it's a huge, huge time commitment. That's another thing. Yes. That's really so. Tough. How did you balance that time <laughs> commitment? Because yeah, that that is one of the biggest battles that. I have had with training for my ultras, and I think that a lot of people will fall short and they never get to race day because they can't balance the time commitment part. So what did you do to keep that in check in your life? Well, I'd have to get up really early. There really wasn't any other way I could balance my work life and my personal life. I mean, I'd say even on a personal level, like my social life kind of took a hit. I had to say no to a lot of things and go to bed a lot earlier. I joke with my girlfriend. I think I'd I'd fall asleep like around eight o'clock or nine o'clock just about every day during the week. Whereas in the past, I would I could stay up till eleven o'clock, and and then I needed to because I, I I know that sleep is such a big factor in recovering from all this running that you're doing. That if you can go out and and hang out with your friends even if you're not drinking and you're just out and if it's late and you're not getting enough sleep like that's gonna that's gonna affect you a lot and not in a good way so i would wake up almost every single day early 4 a.m and be out the door somewhere between five and six during the week and and even and probably about the same on the weekends too. Sundays, I would sleep in a little more and go out on my long runs because I know it wouldn't be as long, but I knew I had all the, all the time of the day to, to do it. But I would have to be able to, to, to get everything in before work and, and be effective at work. That was probably like the hardest part, just being sleep deprived kind of the whole four months of training yeah. but you start your body adapts and yeah. gets used to it that sounds like it was really hard to wake up early to sacrifice lots of social time so my question is do you feel like it was worth it 100 percent. i mean there's no better feeling than getting past that finish line for all your friends and people that you've been telling about like you're that you're doing this and they're greeting you and 
the, and just to kind of look back and reflect, like I, I wish I could have done it more so in the moment after I was done, but I was too tired and just mentally drained. But it's just the, to, to think that I literally did double what I've used to do. I'm used to doing. It's almost hard to fathom. Like, how did I just do that? Because mm-hmm. there's lots of points in that race where you in going that far that, you know, you, you question yourself a lot and there's a lot of parts within that you, you you hit a mental barrier two or three you might black out not remember much but you somehow still do it do you feel like you experienced this so this is what jacob and i experienced as we got into ultra running you kind of sacrifice your social part of life you don't go out on the weekends you don't stay up late what happened to us is we kind of drifted away from some friends who were living that lifestyle because we weren't living that anymore. And most of our friends are now runners, <laughs> also go to bed at eight. And when they're like, hey, want to hang out this weekend? We know they mean, hey, want to go run 30 miles on Saturday? <laughs> so we kind of made a new friend group. Do you feel like you experienced that? A little bit. I had a, a running community already. I, you can argue maybe I grew a little bit closer with them. And I mean, my girlfriend too, like luckily she can understand where I'm coming from and supports me and doesn't get mad at me for going to bed early or it doesn't want, doesn't care about going out super late or going out to the bars. I still have friends that will do that. And I'm probably like the outlier in my friend group where I'll I'll always have friends that live that lifestyle a little bit, but it's not to say I haven't grown closer to the ones that that do do these races especially and do wake up and have early and, and do long runs because that, that ultimately is like what motivates me to seeing others do it. And I also love the, the effects of running in general and the longevity that it, it brings to you and like how much better you feel health health wise and how much sharper you are mentally I wasn't as disciplined in some of my marathon trainings. Like I would go out and, and drink sometimes and still get up early and, and do my runs and was able to do that. And this sort of was probably the first time where I kind of changed a lot of that and did did less of the, the drinking, focused more on what I ate. And it, it I, I saw the rewards and it just made me feel a whole lot better. And, and yeah, as I've gotten older too, it just, it, 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 it I'd say like, yeah, I've, I've been gravitating more towards those people, but I wouldn't say I, I have like a new friend group. They've always been my friends. It's just, <laughs> I've grown a little stronger with some of them. Yeah. That's a good explanation. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I think you, you make a good point though, about sacrificing a little bit of social. You is, don't have to sacrifice all of it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to sacrifice all of it. You don't just want to throw your friends away because yeah, they don't yeah. run. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, like you do when you're in peak training mode for an ultra, you do have to say no a lot more than you normally would see you in a couple months yeah yeah kind of see you in a couple months i'll be a little more present but it's something you should expect because i know that's something we had to do a lot especially on our first hundred was just realize oh i can't go out tonight it's I need to get my sleep. Or, but then your friends, they just learn. Yeah. That's just what they do on the yeah. weekends. So if we want to hang out with them. Ask me at a few. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and, all, and, all, and all my friends, too, are super supportive. And I think being awesome. being like one of the few, one of the only ones out in, in some of my friend groups that do do these types of races and, and they'll all call me crazy 
but they I know there's like a little bit of pride that they have just being friends with me and I think that <laughs> inspires them and I guess that's a part of like another reason why I like doing what I'm doing in the running is that it, it inspires others to be a little healthier not not to yeah. say you have to go out and run ultras but or run a marathon but if it if it gets you out of the house or the apartment or the kind con- whatever your home to go for walks or runs every once in a while i think that's a positive influence and that makes me happy i love that you said that so take us through race day then you you finally get to that that 50 mile day you're you're lining up at the start line how are you feeling well so before we get to the the race morning the day before the race i actually woke up and my back was absolutely killing me and i thought i might have just thrown out my back and i don't know what i did or what happened the whole week you know a taper week as they say like you find like little nuances little pains and you're 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 like wondering am i okay am i not you might start freaking out a bit I actually had to go to the store and get heat pads and put them on my back all day and all night because I drove out to where the race was and stayed at a motel the night before. And even in the morning when I wake up pretty early, like 2, 3 a.m., to get everything ready, I had one on. So I was nervous. I didn't think I'd have to deal with something like that. I was more focused just on the distance itself. But I had this other thing that took my mind off the 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 race and I just wanted to be healthy enough to do this because I couldn't I couldn't imagine myself not not at least attempting this and so I felt better when I woke up I I felt good when I got to the race and when I got there it was really calm and cool there was a ton of people there already I ran in some friends that were that I knew were running the race the race jitters were were high and and I was just waiting around for an hour until the race got was getting going and I was texting some of my buddies that weren't there yet and just waiting for them but um I I think nervous is an understatement I was definitely really scared and and being vulnerable about it like I was really scared to think hey i'm gonna i'm gonna be doing this like it's it's now or never and i mean it helped having some of my friends and other people that i knew were running this that i've ran with too throughout training that were there it made it made it that much more comforting and yeah so it was just trying to make sure my nutrition was good and then just waiting around until the gun went off i like how you share I was scared. I relate to that a lot. Every ultra, honestly, past 50 miles or more, when I line up, I I feel the exact same way because there's just so much unknown when you line up for a distance that big and you don't know how your body's going to handle it that day, what you're going to be going through. And And it's going to last so long. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's not just a few hours. Like this, this is, this is going to be a while. And that's another thing I think that, that, that scared me more is I didn't know how long it was going to take me. Everyone was asking me, friends, family, like how long, like when should I get there? And, I have that in the back of my head. I, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It might take me eight hours, nine hours. It might take me the full 12, 13. I, I don't know. And I wish I did. And I, I think that was like the one thing that was bothering me because I could always tell how long I was going to be out for a marathon 
And for this, it was so much unknown. And I knew I was going to be out there for hours, but I just, I it didn't know how long it was going to take me. So, or how I was going to feel. Yeah. There's just so many thoughts going through my head that it was kind of overwhelming at one point. <laughs> but once, once the gun went off and I was going, it, that, that sort of just all went away. How did the race go for you? Take me to the point where. Things started to, to get, yeah, things yeah. started to get hard. Yeah. So I noticed, and I don't know what this was, uh, what reason this, this would have been, um, for, but I was not feeling as good as I thought I would through maybe 18, 20 miles. I thought I'd be a little bit more energized, more rested. I could have maybe overtrained. Perhaps I'm not quite sure, but I just didn't feel a hundred percent like I thought I, I I envisioned in in my head, and maybe that's just the way it was supposed to be. I don't I don't know. The course itself, you do one loop. It's about a nine mile loop, and then you run south, and you do the longer the longer out and back. Because you're on the Ice Age Trail, which goes straight through Wisconsin, so you're going south. You're coming back up. And you get to an aid station before you do the second one. And once you get to the, the end of the second one and you come back, you, you're at mile 40, so you only have 10 more miles to go. I think it was around the 50K mark. I got into the aid station. My body was hurting. And I probably sat I sat down. One thing I've never done in my life, I sat down at aid station and I got as much food, liquid. I probably had a mixture of things that don't sound too appetizing, like fig bars, pickle juice, Coke, and more of the same in, 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 in different orders. It just wasn't that satisfying. And then I did some hammer gels too, which I thought I was going to throw up at one point once I had one of those. I was just hitting a very low point. I just couldn't imagine myself doing 20 more miles or 18 more miles, whatever the, the, uh, amount was left. And I just thought to myself, like, if I don't get up right now and get going, then I'm not going to do this and I have to keep moving. And so I told myself, I have to literally just, just get up. You don't have to start running. I know, I know you're not feeling great, Hans, like just keep on walking and just hike there's a little uphill climbs that you have to do anyways that you'd be walking anyways. So I, I just kept on going after five, 10 minutes of that. Like I kind of got my groove again and, and was able to pick up my feet and start, start running again. From there, I, I just took it one mile at a time. I told myself, you're on mile 34. This is the only mile that you care about right now. You're racing mile 34. And then when I got to 35, it's like now I'm on mile 35. And I just kept on doing that with myself, not worrying about where I was. And then when I got to the final aid station before the turnaround, I knew I had 10 miles to go. And I actually met some of my friends that were crewing some other people, but were, were there for support for me as well. And they asked me how I was doing. And I just told them, I'm, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And they said, yeah, that's what it's supposed to hurt. You know what you signed up for. You, you got this. You, it's supposed to hurt. <laughs> and you did this to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to think back, like, why did I decide to do this? And it's like, it's supposed to be hard and you're supposed to feel uncomfortable and being able to 
think like you signed up specifically for the challenge. You wanted to do something you've never done before. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna push you. It's gonna drive you insane, maybe a little in the head. But you just gotta keep keep pushing. Your body your 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 body is capable of a lot more than your mind tells it to. And I just had to keep moving and just keep going back to each mile I was on because by the time I I did that, you're at mile 40. Four forty-five. I was still thinking, how am I doing this? And you're almost at the finish line. And at that point, you just, you, you know what's ahead of you and you just gotta, gotta go for it. I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. It's just a, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's just a, it, it, it's just a mind game the entire time. Your body's prepared yeah. for it, but your mind has to, has to be there as well. When you get to that spot where you don't think you can keep going and and then, like you said, it's like these mind games that you have to play with yourself, taking a step at a time, just get to the next aid station, just focus on the next mile. Do you feel like it's a lot easier said than done? Or like when you're actually in that moment, is it so much harder? Because I'm, I'm just thinking about Jacob race at Scout. And, and we talked about that so much. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to get hard, but just remember your why. And, and it did get to a point where like, you struggle to remember your why. Yeah. And, and you didn't think you would finish, it's tough. You, you can't understand it unless you actually go there. I thought I knew what yeah. the pain cave actually was doing other distances and other races. It's a whole nother ball game. And I almost compare it to like you're in survival mode a little bit and you, you got to survive to the finish. And it's like you really have to think back to like why you want to do this. And I could probably relate a little bit to you, Jacob. Like I, I forgot why I did this and I had doubts and I was doubting myself if I even wanted to do this. And yeah, I, I agreed a hundred percent. And I'm like, why, why did I sign up for this? And you, you sort of forget in, in the moment and then you've, sort of remember and I guess something I I went back to was I don't have to do this I get to do this and you 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 literally have an able body and you're able to try out these distances and and push your body to its limits and there's people out there that probably wish they could come within half of that and I guess it's just being grateful for being healthy and, and being able to do this and just, just stop complaining and, and man up, basically. And make, make the best out of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like, you're out there, you committed to it, you're doing it. Man up and get to it. It's like, you, you already, you already <laughs> ran this far. You, you, why, yeah. why would, why, like, yeah. I knew exactly how I'd feel if I said I, I didn't want to, to finish. And I don't, I don't look at anyone that DNFs or doesn't finish a race as anyone less than me. But for me personally, I, I couldn't, I couldn't handle that. And I needed to just keep pushing. I knew I could do this if I just keep moving and you yeah. just got to exactly. deal with the pain and the uncomfortableness and you just gotta, you just gotta deal with it. Other people can do it. You can too. Yeah. hundred percent. And yeah, for me, I, I, so fresh in my mind is my 100 miles that I did a couple of weeks ago. When I was at my lowest point and was ready to pull, I was ready to walk off that course. Seeing two other runners who had been there the past 24 hours step for step with me all of a sudden come in and they're saying, no, we got to keep going. 
like seeing that like well if they can do it can i <laughs> i guess i might have a few more steps left in me if they, if they can keep going so it's it's really amazing how the community even in a race day seeing each other out on the course really helps keep us moving and keeps us believing in ourselves that we can reach further and dig deeper. And there were a lot of people I was running with who I thought were doing a lot better than I was. And then all of a sudden I'm way ahead of them and I don't see them anymore. And just because they might look on the outside, like they're doing really well and they're not hurting doesn't mean they're not hurting. They just may have a different way of showing it. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. For sure. So what was it like then? Finally go. You Sounds like you were racing every mile. Mile 44, bing. Mile 45, ding. What was it like when that finally you saw that finish line? Well, so when I was getting there, I thought there was this one. I was looking for this one little turn. It's called Confusion Corner where that's where oh, all. Oh, jeez. That's, it's, it's not. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it intimidated me when I heard about this on the when reading the about the race and everything. But it's just where you you go north and where you go south and where you go back to the finish. And I was looking for that point the whole time, and I must have gone there, but I didn't realize I did because I I was I was like, once I get there, I got about a mile to go, and I can keep going. And I didn't know if this was I couldn't really trust my Garmin if it, it if it was. 49 miles, 50, 51, two. I didn't know how much further I had. And once I got oh, to yeah. a point where I started hearing some chatter and I saw someone with a walkie talkie that said, I thought they said my name and I guess they were calling me in to let everyone know that I was, I was about to approach the finish line. I was greeted by all of my friends that were up a little bit further up from the race or from the finish line. And when I saw them, I just went into like a full on sprint and it was the most, it was one of the most like fulfilling feelings ever getting to see them and cracking a smile and just getting, getting to that finish and crossing and, 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 then greeted by my mom, my dad, my girlfriend, other other people that were there to support me. And it was just so cool to, to see everybody. And it all hits you kind of at once. I mean, there wasn't anything special about just finishing other than getting to see them. I think that was the best yeah. best part of it all. I do have one question. When you were sprinting, was it like, you're like, man, I'm totally cooking six-minute miles here. And then you look at your watch, and it's like 13-minute miles. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I think my, my splits were around like like 10 11 minute miles and i i, I don't cool. know that's pretty good but yeah i got i guess that's pretty that's pretty good but like i i think my my last splits were faster than my my first like the the checkpoints the last 10 miles i guess were a little bit faster overall by like a few seconds than my my other splits that I had, but pretty consistent all the way around. I wish I, I knew what what my race, what, what my pace was, but I wasn't really paying attention to that. I just didn't want to cramp up or anything. I had one of those scares early on right, right before the finish line, and I've experienced that before where the oh, whole no. body locks up because I fell right yeah. almost right before the finish line, and I popped back up and had to walk for a minute before I could continue on and then 
I was I thought I was going to cramp up the whole whole way in because I saw other people that were walking in and I talked to them after and they said that they cramped up the whole way and they couldn't run. So Oh man. <laughs> That's something that I've never experienced. I've seen yeah. other runners go through that and I've had like little muscle spasms here and there but I've never had my whole body like yeah, cramp up like that. Cramping. Yeah. Well, that's that's amazing, Hans. Because as you like, you talk about how you really were struggling at like about that fifty k mark, but then you said your last ten miles, the splits were lower than your splits were the previous ten miles. Miles forty through fifty were lower than thirty through forty. Like that, it just goes to show how how much more is in us than we realize, and how much of it really is a mental battle. And when we're out there, even just through training and on race day, like it's in us, we just got to tap in and, just and gotta find, find it. it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I was just going to point out one other little difference between road running and trail running when you're at the end and you're like, I don't know if I have one mile left or three miles left. Like that never happens in a marathon. I have one mile left. <laughs> I've been I've been guilty I've been guilty of around know. a few marathons where they might have screwed up by a mile or two in either, in either <laughs> yeah, direction. Yeah. So some were that were a little short and some yeah. that were a little longer, but nothing nothing true, like this. <laughs> like yeah. Jacob's one hundred ended up being like a hundred and five. Somewhere between hundred and four to hundred and five and I was pissed off. <laughs> I was like, I signed up for a hundred miles, not a hundred and four miles. <laughs> and they didn't change any of the cutoffs. I'm like, serious? You're going to add on four miles and not change any cutoffs? Anyways, during the race, I was very pissed. And I made it vocal lies a lot. You're going to complain about this until we do Yeah. But, all right, couple more questions before we let you go, Hans. Sure. This has been awesome. Now looking back at this whole 50-mile training block and 50-mile race, what lessons are you taking away from it that you think can help you in running or in life in general as you move forward or maybe go for it again? One I think that I just thought about recently was I kind of wish I did maybe a little bit more speed work while I was training because I noticed because I was running a lot slower and for a lot of my runs and I was lifting, I was starting to become adept to running these same paces and it was actually harder to run like maybe my marathon pace for some of my other runs if I tried to push it whereas like in the past those used to be really easy so I think I could have maybe I may have slowed down and I could have helped myself a little more by doing like just one day a week just go out on the track or just doing some uh, specific speed work workouts where you're on a trail or doing little burst strides or maybe you're going for 45 seconds hard and then you're recovering for a minute or two and do that for 45 minutes like just doing little speed speed things I think would have helped my pace and I think another another one was that it's it's okay to to walk and take your time at aid stations. I always felt rushed going to aid stations because I never really was accustomed to them. Doing an ultra distance before I only had the the marathon experience and I may have experienced it a couple of times when I was doing some training runs that were close to 30 miles on the trails with friends where we took breaks after maybe it would be 10 miles and then 
fueled up and made sure our water was good and our electrolytes were good. Just make sure you have everything that you're that you need at each aid station and don't be don't be ashamed to take the, the time that you need because you ultimately need all of that and you want to feel confident when you're going out. You don't want to have to finagle with a water bottle or or anything while you're running. You wanted to have all that stuff good to go by the time you're you're back out in the trails. So because that's the most important part totally. to keep you lasting as long as you can to complete those distances. The time you need to save time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, li- I like that a lot, yeah, because I, I don't know how many times where if I wouldn't have taken time at some aid stations, I would have DNF'd. And I just had to reset my body a little bit. I feel like that's like really applicable to life. You need to stop and take care of yourself every once in a while. If you just go, 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 yeah. then then you you burn out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Even David Goggins says that in his <laughs> in his newest book. He talked about aid stations in life. Yeah, like, yeah. Because people like, people think of David Goggins. You think he go, 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 go nonstop, and he's like, no. He's like, I have aid stations. He's like, so I still have aid stations. Stop, refuel, reset then get back out. If you think the the one time I hit my lowest point, like I did take like 15 minutes and I sat down and regrouped. I think if I didn't do that, I don't, I don't know where I would have been. Maybe I wouldn't have. You could have spiraled. Yeah. I could have maybe hurt myself. Maybe I wouldn't have finished, but like I needed, even though I was feeling down in the dumps at the moment, I needed that time to recollect my thoughts and, and, be in a better place mentally to complete the rest of the race. Hans, last question. Before we let you go, we ask everyone this question. It sounds like you've got a lot of friends anyways that <laughs> uh, that aren't uh, in the running scene. Say one of them comes up to you and says, Hans, I want to run 50 miles. I want to do what I saw you did. Is your top piece of advice for that person as they start their journey towards running their first ultras? So I think a lot of times when you sign up for your first ultra, you'll look at the entire, the totality of the entire distance and you'll think, how the heck am I going to do this? And you come, come across a training plan, you put together a plan of attack and how you're going to train for it. I say that the race itself isn't, isn't like just the race at, on race day, it's like 90% of 99% of the training, the, the race itself is just the, the capstone. That's your last training run. You know, don't think of the race as just this one day. It's four months. It's five months. It's six months. I, I know you're, you know, I'm a big NBA fan. Like Kobe has a good quote. It's, it's the, it's the not the destination it's the journey it, it, it's all about the training and, and enjoy the ride because the 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 training itself is the hardest part of the entire race and you're gonna have all all of that adversity they have to overcome during the training you'll experience come race day but that'll help you overcome that those obstacles and complete the race race day is one before race day even gets there well hans thank you so much for joining us if our listeners want to reach out to you have any sort of questions about your experience where would be a good place for them to find you 
Well, I'm just a normal guy, honestly. I don't really have I don't have my own podcast or social media pa- pages about running, but I do post occasionally on my Instagram. So Hansel57 is my username. If you want to include that, I do I do yeah, we'll post all about my 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 races, my journeys that I go on and I know there's there's definitely something next in store for me. I don't know what that'll look like. We actually just completed a, a hundred mile. Well, we just we just had a hundred mile race in the same exact area where I ran the fifty miles, and and I had a lot of my friends do that this past weekend. So that that might that that seems to be something that's that's in my head now. So we'll we'll just have to we'll just have we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> Once it's in your head, I'm telling you, it's hard to get it out of the head until it's done. So your choice on how long you let it nag at you. (laughs) But but keep us updated. Let us know if you do sign up for one and how it's going. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Hans, for joining us on the show today. It's been a pleasure to talk to you and to finally meet you after many social media conversations. So keep at it. You got a great story. We're excited to see what else is in store for you. Thanks, Jacob. Thanks, Melody. It was a pleasure being on. Big thank you goes out to Hans Goldenberg. Great episode. Yes. Awesome. He had some really good insights specifically about training for an experienced marathon runner that now is going into the ultra world and how it is different and what he had to change up and get used to. Like those are really good insights about what he. Yeah. I love talking about those differences. I think they're so important, especially for first time ultra runners, because I feel like the majority of people know more about road running than trail running. Right. Like I feel like we all did the mile in high school and, I feel like a lot of us, is pro- we've probably tried a 5K or a 10K, but the thing is, it's the trails, although there's a lot of transfer, they're so much different than the road. Yeah, definitely. Melody, what were your takeaway, were your takeaway or takeaways? Takeaways, well, like I just said, the the things that he mentioned, the differences between road running and trail running, I think are huge, 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 huge. Um, and then second... I really took a lot away in regards to discipline and what's the word? Discipline, motivation. What I, I forget the word. Anyways, commitment. He just, he knows how to keep moving even when it gets hard. And I feel like he, he explained it perfectly. The trick is to just keep moving, especially when it gets really, really hard. He mentioned you don't have to start running, but just start walking, even if you're walking really slow. The trick is to just keep moving. You'll eventually get your second wind or third wind, fourth wind, fifth wind. You'll feel better and and you'll get there. Right? You just got to keep going. Yeah. What I really liked about what Hans had to share was when along those same lines, when things got really hard there in the 30 mile range, he just talked about being present at that one mile. He's like, and he specifically said, I'm racing mile 34. Okay, boom, did mile 34, I'm racing mile 35. And I really like the way he put that. I'm racing this mile, I'm racing this mile. Because then, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm racing mile 35. And then all of a sudden, boom, you're done with mile 35. There's a little victory right there. You yeah, might have thought... you get that little dopamine yeah, kick. Yep. 
you might have thought you were done. You might have thought you were exhausted, but boom, you just beat mile 35. Now you're racing mile 36. Well, and it, it seems so much easier. Like, wow, that, that was quick. It yeah. took me 10 minutes to do mile 35. Yeah. Now just 10 more minutes to conquer mile 36. Yeah, exactly. And like, if you're having a really tough mile, like I'm thinking about my race, like when I was at mile 87 and hundred miles still seems so far away, like what? I'm just racing. I just want to get mile 87 done. That's it, right now. Let's get mile 87 out of the way. Boom. Yeah, done it. And once you yes. finish it, you finished yeah. it. You're done with it. Yes, never will I have to go back to mile 87. I'm moving on to mile 88. Exactly. You know, and it might be a really tough climb on this, but I'm going to get this one done. Yes, boom, it's done. So I like the present, like I'm racing this mile right here, right now. And how just staying right there in the moment. Like I said, to just keep moving. Yep. When it gets so hard, when you're in that pain cave, and like you said, you don't really know what it's like until you've been there. You're in that pain cave. It's going to be really hard to remember your why. It's going to be really hard to get yourself out of there. But a really simple thing that you can tell yourself when it's super hard to keep moving is to just keep moving. That's it. You don't even have to run. You just have to mm. keep moving. That's it. That seems simple enough, right? Yep. Great insights there by Hans Goldenberg. Excited to see what's down the road for him. He's a cool dude. Awesome. Awesome listener of the pod. Thanks to him for taking the time and doing this for us. If you guys know someone who's training for their first 50 mile race, this would be a great episode to share with them. So that is our ask of you guys. If someone... That's trying to get that under their belt, get into that ultra scene, maybe send them this episode by Hans. It has tons of great insights that I'm sure can help them along their journey. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast today, and we will talk to you all next time. See you guys. Hey guys, super exciting news. Pine Tree Running is now Trail to 100 coaching and Jacob is officially a coach. That's right. So if you're ready to take the next step in your training and run that race you've always wanted to run, we would be honored to help guide you on your ultra running journey. At Trail to 100 coaching, you'll receive a custom running plan with strength training options, constant communication with your coach and you'll be connected with other runners like you who are also on their trail to 100 if you want to learn more check out our website trail to 100.com please feel free to contact us with any questions you have if you want to run 100 miles make, make it, it happen, happen.